Hello, bonjour everyone. Welcome to episode 91. This episode is going to be about a topic that I have been meaning to get around to for a very long time. It is love bombing. And you you guys are going to find this, I feel like if you've kind of tapped into any of the narcissist episodes, you're going to find a lot of kind of similarities, but this is going into a specific trait of somebody that is toxic or narcissistic or manipulative. And so we're going to go into love bombing. We're going to go into exactly what it is, what happens, because there's slightly different kinds of love bombing, who's the most vulnerable in this situation, um, how to detect it when you're in it, what to do about it, all the things that we want to get into. So that is what the episode is going to be about. Um, yeah, and, and of course, I've had a lot of requests for it as well. And you're going to find out that, and I'll go into this a little bit later, but it's probably something that most most of us have either experienced firsthand or we've experienced other people um, in this situation. So whenever possible, I would highly um, recommend that you try and if someone is in this position, subtly kind of get them to listen to this podcast. Um, or if you're in this position yourself, just try and be as self-aware as possible to understand that you might be currently in this position. Okay, separate to all of that, little update on my life. My life is good. Everything's great. I've been pumping the sauna. I was really happy actually to see you guys um, start like a bit of a thread on the Facebook page about what saunas everyone's doing, how they're feeling after doing saunas. It makes me so happy that so many of you have already jumped on board with the sauna thing. Some of you have already been doing it and a bunch of you started doing it more since listening to all the benefits. So that makes me very excited. I also started getting more into training and it is amazing how much, because I was training the whole time, but it's amazing how much um, my body kind of adapted to not doing weights for about four months. So it's good to kind of get back into it. But I'm sore than I normally am, but I don't think that's going to last for too long um, just because, you know, we adapt. And I don't, the way I trained is I don't want to be sore every weight session. That's not what I aim for. I aim for like maybe a heavier one. Every third session, I'll probably do a heavier one, but I don't want to like absolutely destroy myself every time in a session. So I've been doing that. I've been getting back into that training, getting back into more of a routine. We're getting into summer. We are absolutely thrilled. I'm also trying to find a balance with, you know, um, going out, socializing, training more, back into the gym. Uh, this week was a little bit more low-key after submitting the book and I did want to take it a little bit easier. And I did do that. So I'm very happy about that. And um, yeah. Oh, and on Sunday – Slash, you'll be listening to this on Monday. So Sunday, um, I will have to update you on how that goes. But it's my one-year anniversary with Tyrone. Can you fucking deal with that shit? One year? How has it been a year? I cannot, I cannot comprehend. I feel like it's gone. I feel like I've known him for a lot longer than a year. But it's also been a massive blur, I think, because a lot of it was in lockdown. And th that, like, three and a half, four months was just, like, a, f a blur. Anyway. On to the next. Let's get into – oh, I did want to actually, before we get into love bombing, I actually did want to share a pet hate because it's, people are doing it less and less, but I thought finally I can add to my pet hate segment and actually, you know, do it. And it is when people use the word slut. I hate – I hate that so much. Unless you're using it in a way where you're kind of um, – you know, re what's what, what's it, what's it called? Well, when you reclaim the word, you know, when when you refer to yourself endearingly or what? Fine, I don't care about that. But I'm talking about when people literally try and bring someone down by calling them a slut based on their personal behaviors and what they choose to do with their own body. That drives me absolutely insane because there is absolutely no 
place ever for the word to exist as a slut because it's, it is derogatory for one. If someone is choosing to sleep around with multiple partners, that is completely up to them. It is only going to be affecting themselves. If, if it's two consenting adults having sex, then what's it to you? It should absolutely not matter. And then I've heard people say, oh, yeah, well, what if, what if they were cheating though? And I'm like, that still doesn't make them a slut. That makes them an adulterer. But that doesn't make somebody a slut. The word slut doesn't exist. It's somebody who is, you know, has autonomy over their body and is making choices around that autonomy and they're living their best life doing what they want to do. So I've like absolutely eliminated that word from my vocabulary unless I'm like, I'm trying. Yeah, maybe if I refer to my friends as like, you hot sluz. That's literally about it. <laughs> like I literally, the word slut to actually um, refer to somebody as someone that sleeps around drives me absolutely insane because it, it, it makes it out to be that it is wrong in particular for a woman to have multiple sex partners and to choose what she wants to do with her body and that there should be a limit on the number of partners that she has. That is absolutely outdated, outrageous. And again, it's this whole idea of making someone feel that what they do with their body is up to somebody else. It's up to society or it's up to you know other people's opinion and that you truly don't have the the choice or the decision because if you do go ahead and do it but now you're a slut now we can put you down for that and you are less off and we can that that is like a, a bad thing to have on your name I hate that so much so let's banish that word let's not use it to describe people ever if we're actually using it for the actual true definition that the word is awful word pet hate hate that so much and that's literally when I hear people say the word slut I fucking pull them up on it straight away I'll be like what do you mean by that there's no such thing as a slut unless you are someone who's trying to put down a woman for choosing to do what she wants with her body. Anyway, that's my rant over. If you're someone that likes to sleep around, more power to you, queen. Love that so much. Anyway, let's get into the topic of today. So love bombing. What is love bombing? First and foremost, love bombing is a narc trait. It is a trait of a narcissist. A narcissist is someone that will love bomb. It is pretty much impossible to be someone that love bombs, truly love bombing, because I'm going to explain to you what a love bomber does. And it is possible for someone to also display these traits, but if it is ongoing and long-term and that's just them, then that's not love bombing. And I'm going to explain that as I go out through, as I go on into this episode. But it is something that a narcissist does. You can't love bomb and not be a narc. And you're going to realize why that is the case as this unfolds. So it is given that it's a narc trait, it's an insecurity, of course. It is. It helps basically someone will love bomb you, and I'll go into exactly what they would do, to build up their image of themselves. It helps them feel really, really validated. Um, and when someone thinks that they are amazing or the perfect person, that helps build up the image of what they want to uphold for themselves. And if you've listened to my narcissist episodes in the past, there's this whole idea that a narcissist has an image of themselves that's obviously different to who they actually are, but they have an image that they want to be and they want to be seen as this image and their goal at all times is for other people to view them the way that they want to be viewed. So they're very specific on that and they will do whatever it takes to be viewed in that way. So certain actions that they do might seem super helpful and super beneficial and super generous and kind, but it is only for the the attainment of that image. If it no longer serves them, then they're not going to continue with these kind behaviors or these generous behaviors. That That's what narcissists do. So they're going to make, a, a love bomber is also going to make a lot of promises that they can't keep. 
the person on the other end is the one that bears the brunt of all this shit that, that, you know, they're not going to keep their promises. They're, you know, one day or the first few months, they're going to be absolutely the most incredible partner or not even incredible. I, I think a lot of traits that love bombers do is a bit too much, but for somebody that likes that, they might think this is the most amazing person ever. And then they flip it around when, when they've got you where they want you, they're going to flip it around and change all, you know, they'd completely change almost everything that they were doing to then serve them. So they've got you in this vulnerable place and then they can start to slowly, you know, change the narrative of the relationship. They're also really big on selling you the dream. So not only are they going to be doing these grand gestures for you, but they're talking about the future of the relationship and where it's headed. So it's really intense for somebody that falls into this trap because you not only are feeling everything that's happening in the moment, but you're believing everything that they're telling you for your future as an individual and for the future in your relationship. They curate this version of themselves and it is such a perfect version of themselves and the relationship is such a perfect version of a relationship and they pretty much want to be seen in this one particular light and that light is often if not always very far from their true selves you know it's a very unrealistic version of themselves basically love bombing is grooming. It is absolutely 100% a form of grooming. An abuser grooms. They get you to a place where you are vulnerable, where you believe them, where you trust them. That's what a groomer does in all sorts of situations in an abusive relationship with, with partners, with children. A groomer gets you to a point where you trust them, where you trust the relationship, where you are vulnerable and you're willing to believe what they say. You feel safe around this person. You feel almost indebted emotionally to this person. You feel a deep connection and therefore it makes it harder for you to A, notice the the slow twist and turn of events that goes from this love bombing to a toxic relationship. Um, it makes it harder for you to notice. Even if you do notice it, it makes it really hard for you to leave because you have been groomed to um, kind of be stuck with this person and to feel kind of trapped in that relationship. They are designing it in a way, a love bomber designs it in a way to get their partner to not be able to leave the relationship. And it's not that the love bomber necessarily wants to be with you forever. They just never want you to leave them. They have no problem leaving you if it no longer serves them or if they find someone else that's a better catch or if they're bored with it or whatever. If it's just not serving their image for themselves, if they're over it, they can leave but it can be one of it can definitely be a long-term relationship if it serves them like i said everything that a narcissist does is to serve them so this could be short-term long-term whatever but they never want you leaving them that's absolutely that would just be a massive blow to their ego for a narcissist to be dumped is just almost unbearable for them because it means that you've seen through the bullshit and you've left and then fucking shit hits the fan and it's chaotic and it's really difficult for someone to leave a narcissist because they have been groomed. So it's this very vicious cycle that you get into um, and if you're in one of these situations or you have been in the past or you know someone that's in one of these situations, you know how difficult it is for someone to leave a narcissist. So what are specific things that a love bomber does? There's a few versions of it. There's one that's really out there in your face public and this kind of this is like the this grandiose gesture. They will from the get-go, they will immediately when you start seeing them, they'll want to see you all the time. Like they they're 
proclaiming their love to you like straight off the bat, right? They're getting you gifts. They're sending you gifts to where you are. They're writing these amazing things. They're making it quite public on social media. This is true love. I found my love. Um, it's very in your face. It's they're, they're making these bookings here, going to events there. They're taking you everywhere. You are meeting everybody um, really, really quickly. But they're also saying things like, let's move in together. They're saying things like, I've never met anyone like you. I've never felt this connection before. Everyone I've dated has not, not even come close to this. Let's move in now. Let's let's have children. Let's do this. Let's do it. They're already trying to lock in this, this idea of this ideal life with you um, very early on in the piece. We're talking most love bombers. It's quite a short time frame. We're talking the first couple of months because you've got to keep in mind, if this person is a love bomber, it's only for for a certain period of time because they're eventually going to flip and change, okay? So these behaviors do not last long term. They are for, let's say, roughly give or take, of course, four months, three months in the relationship. But it's so like it comes in fucking thick and fast that you just get wrapped up in this kind of fairy tale honeymoon kind of thing. Now, like I mentioned before, they're, they're going to want to see you all the time. And I'm talking all the fucking time where they will expect right from the beginning to all of a sudden be spending every night together. You'll find that all of a sudden and often, not always, but often you're the one spending time at theirs. They, they, a narcissist will really try and get you to slot into their life, not the other way around, Okay. Like I said, it has to serve them. So they're not going to give up all their routines, all their, what they like to do, their, their comfortable home and all of that. And they're not, you know, so they're still being super, super generous, but they ideally are inviting you over all the time. They want you to come over and stay with them all the time. But again, like I said, it's not in every case. They are, given that it is the love bombing phase, they are definitely willing to go out of their way to come and see you, of course. But you might notice that they want you over all the time. You might realize you're like, wow, I actually haven't, I haven't actually been at home for, you know, four nights. I've stayed at this or for six nights or all of a sudden it's two weeks. And, you know, that starts to unravel. And then it gets to a point where you're so used to you meet this person, you're spending every single night with this person. And then all of a sudden to then spend a night away, you're like, oh, wow, I really miss you. I, I, I feel like I want to be with you all the time. They also expect you as it as it goes on they expect you to drive far to sleep sleep at their place even if you've you know gone to an outing or gone out with friends somewhere else where it's logistically quite difficult for you to do so so even if it's late at night where you could easily just stay at home they still want you to go over to theirs afterwards they will ask you where you are all the time, but initially they're going to make it out to be like, what are you doing now, baby? I miss you so much. Wish, wish you were here, which is fine, but they do it in like in in excess. They're constantly wanting you to be around. They bring you to meet their family, their friends, every single, like everyone in their group. They Straight away they make you feel like you are this integrated part of their life within like two weeks time. You're already doing the things that a lot of normal couples might not do for a couple of months. Okay. Now I did mention in one of my narcissist episodes that a potential narcissist trait is to keep you a secret. They are both narcissistic traits. Then, and like I said before, that in isolation does not make them a narcissist. Okay, but it's it's extremes. They either keep you a secret because they might, 
you know, be toxic and might want other people on the side or they need your validation so they turn you into like the biggest love of their life. It's plastered all over their social media. They're making, they're making you meet every single person in their life. They're making you feel like this person is the one, like the fucking one. This is the love of the ages. I've never experienced anything like this. They are incredible. And it should feel incredible. That's the point. That's what they're trying to do. So initially you can imagine it's very, very hard to identify some Somebody as a love bomber, if everything is so fucking perfect, you're not no normal person is going to be in a situation where everything is perfect, romantic, they're funny, you vibe each other, you want to spend time with them, so it doesn't feel like you're being forced to spend time with them. For you to then turn around being like, mm, no, you're love bombing me, it's very unlikely. That's why it works so well because they get you where they want you, and everybody loves a good relationship. Everybody loves like this great connection, great banter. That's you know we're all here for it. So. It's really, really, really easy for them to trap you in this situation. If you are somebody that really struggles to be alone, you're going to feel really safe with a love bomber. You're going to feel very comfortable because you hate the idea of being alone or you hate the idea of abandonment. And all of a sudden, you've got this person who's showering you with love, but also quite clingy. You know, And in the honeymoon phase of a relationship, it's really hard to identify a clinger because in most cases, both people really just want to spend all the time in the world with their partner. And this is why it is really hard to detect if it's a normal relationship or a love bombing relationship because for most situations, and I say this all the time, if you've got a friend who's kind of bailing on you for the first few weeks of the relationship or the first couple of months, you've got to give them a little bit of a grace period because it is normal for someone when they meet someone to be so excited to want to see them all the time. It is normal for that to happen even when it's not a toxic relationship. So to pull the two situations apart is not easy. But one of the, the key things is, is how quickly the thing accelerates. That's a key um, red flag. Then when it gets further on in the relationship, when they start kind of tapering off, and I'll go into that in a sec, but when they do start kind of tapering down from this love bombing behavior because they've already got you where they want you, then when you want some time to yourself, let's say you just want to go and see your family, but you don't want them there. And it's not necessarily a stab at them, but you just want to go see your family and just chill out. They're going to be like, why, do you want, why don't you want me there? I've taken you to meet my family. I, every time I see my family, you come because you're my family. You're part of me. We are together. Why don't you want me there? It's this idea of like, what's the problem? Why are you going to hang out with your friends? Am I not invited? Am I not welcome? This whole guilt, guilt, guilt. Why, why don't you um, put me as in, why don't you give me the importance to all your friends and family that I give you? But you might just be, and, and at, in those early stages, you might just be in a situation where you're not even not vibing them. You might still be very in love with them, but you might think, oh, it'd be really nice to just have a girl's lunch. And boom, they go in and be like, well, it's weird that you don't want me there. Even if it's a blatant girl's lunch, or even if it's a blatant guy's lunch, it's, it's, and when I say girls or guys lunch, of course, anybody can be a love bomber. It's not gender specific, but they, they start to manipulate you in the sense that you now start to feel, I have to bring this person everywhere. Now, another form of love bombing is a bit more subtle um, it's not these huge gestures. The thing is that they're always going to do some sort of a gesture where you feel like, wow, I feel so special. Wow, this is so amazing. But they might not be like announcing it to the world, putting it on their social media. They might not be very public. But one of the ways that they will do it is that they will really open up to you. But really early on in the piece, they'll start talking about their vulnerabilities. They'll start talking about the 
like pain that they've had, heartbreak that they've had, um, you know, adversity that they've gone through, all this stuff. And they'll say to you, I've never felt this close with someone. I never normally open up to somebody. It's so weird that I can open up to you and tell you all these things. I feel so comfortable around you. I'm telling you things that I've never even told my family. I'm telling you things that my best friends don't even know about me. None of my exes have heard this story. That is classic, classic, classic love bombing language, okay? That two weeks in, you're hearing something about them that their fucking best friends and family don't know. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. They fucking know, or at the very least, all their fucking exes know, okay? That's a lie. But that is a way to love bomb. You feel this instant connection. You feel so special that they have chosen you out of above all the people they're closest to, all their other exes. Why are they telling you this? It must be true love. It must be you're a kindred spirit. You are soulmates. Otherwise, why else would they only tell you and nobody else in their life? That is love bombing, okay? And this kind of love bombing is works really well on people that are fixers, right? If you're someone that's a fixer, if you're someone that likes to heal people and, and, and get people to feel better about themselves and all of that, then you're going to be like really swept up in this kind of relationship. You're going to feel like, oh my God, finally I've met this person that wants to be saved, wants to be helped. And they feel this special connection with me and nobody else. It's like, it's my calling to be in this relationship and fix them and they feel comfortable with me. It's true love. That's what you're going to feel. Okay. And the problem is with both kinds of love bombing is that it happens so fast and it is like literally a whirlwind. You bear, you, you blink and you're pretty much almost living together, or if not, you're spending every night together. You are so bombarded with all these amazing things. You, you might go on a holiday on the first two weeks of the relationship. You might do this, you might do that. It's so intense, but also so good in the beginning that it's actually really, really hard for you to get to know them properly. You don't actually know them. It feels like you do because it's like this crash course, but you don't. So you've seen one version of them. It's really thick and fast. It's really intense that you end up getting yourself, you end up getting in too deep and committing to this person. And when I say committing, you can always leave a relationship. But when I say committing, I mean like maybe moving in with them, maybe starting to like plan things ahead where you feel like you're investing money or time with this person that it feels harder to pull out of the relationship. You might even have a child with this person um, really early on, but you end up committing before you know important things about them, before you know the important things that you need to know before you would normally commit to a relationship because you've been kind of brainwashed to believe that you already knew those things. In a normal relationship, and when I say normal, quote-unquote, a non-toxic, non-narc relationship, you would probably get to that stage after six months or after a year, whereas here it's probably happening in a couple of weeks. Okay. Now, like I said before, and I'll kind of reiterate a little bit more, it definitely is possible to meet somebody that walks into your life and is like, you are a fucking legend. You're the one for me. Here's flowers. Let me book this dinner. Let's do that. Generous, generous. You know, they're, they're doing all these things. They're, they're speaking, you know, volumes of you. They want you to meet their friends and family straight off the bat the, and, and, and without being a love bomber. The difference with that is that a love bomber in a few months will start to turn around and change. 
Somebody who does that and genuinely means it is just going to be like that forever and you've just bagged obviously some sort of a lord who's a legend, who's a good fucking time, who adores you and just knew it from the beginning. So it's definitely possible for someone to display the behaviours that a love bomber does at the beginning but the difference here and the crucial difference is that they will never change. They are just like that all the time, full of love for you, full of energy for you and the manipulation and all of that never comes into play. So that's the difference. So don't think, I don't want you listening to this if you're dating someone who's just really affectionate and lovely and generous and you think I'm in a, nar- in a narcissist relationship. Not, not the case unless they do the following, which I'm going to go into, okay? After the love bombing has occurred, and like you know with everything I say about narcissists, they're fucking brilliant. A narcissist is pretty smart, right? It's, I think it would be very hard to be – uh, a narcissist with no people skills or no learnt, in inverted commas, learnt people skills, it would be very difficult because you would slip up, you would just get it wrong, you wouldn't do it right. So it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of, I feel like you've got to be quite um, smart and switched on to be a narcissist, okay? But a narcissist knows how to get you to where they want you. So they do all this love bombing and it only takes a couple of months. But it's exhausting, for someone to do that. Like that's a lot of effort. So if someone's going to put in that effort and mean it, then they're probably an amazing person, right? But for a narcissist, for a love bomber, they're probably going to, it will probably take them about three to four months to get you where they want you. Often it's less. It's actually like it can be two months. It's crazy how quickly they can get you to this place. They Once they've got you locked in, once they know for a fact that you are in deep love, that you have fully opened up to them and said, yes, oh my God, I'm in love with you. Yes, I want to move in with you. Yes, I am am committed to you. I would put you above anything else in my life because you are the love of my life. Once they have you there locked in, then they can start to turn the tables around in a way that benefits them. And their goal is to control. A narcissist needs to be in control of everything and of everyone that is in their life. If they can't control you, they will get rid of, very quickly and they will do it as quickly as possible because they don't want you leaving them because again that is a lack of control so even if they're in a situation where they think that you're a good catch that you're amazing that you've got all these amazing traits you're a great person if the risk is there that you would leave them they will leave you first even if they actually think that you are amazing because a narcissist is always putting themselves and this ideal of themselves this image of who they are above everything So even if you think, yeah, but if they loved me enough, no, 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 no. There is no if they loved me enough when it comes to a narcissistic relationship. They will leave you if if they think that you would leave them first. So they get you to a point where you are in too deep. And when I mean you're in too deep, you're just so in love with the way that they've treated you. No one's ever treated you like that. Um, They've given you a glimpse for what is possible for the future of the relationship. But now you can't let it go. So even when they start to turn the tables, even when they stop with all the gestures and when they start controlling you and when they start making you feel guilty and throwing in your face all the good that they have done for you and then expecting you to do all these things for them because they've done all of this for you, you now struggle to let go because you know what's possible for your relationship. So you think, oh, we've obviously hit some road bumps. Surely we can get it back to where it was because I know it exists. But that's not the case. You can never get back to where it was because once they've got you where they want you, they stop putting in the effort. It's way too hard to be a love bomber when you don't mean it. It's exhausting. So they're not going to do it unless they absolutely have to. So you're here sitting there thinking – 
oh my God, something's gone wrong. They're angry at me. They've changed. I've never seen this behavior in them. Are they angry at me? This. So you're scrambling to get them to be how they were in the honeymoon period of the relationship, in the first few months of the relationship. You're doing everything. And the problem is it's twofold. One, they're never going to go back to how they were because they only were that way to groom you. And two, you're then becoming the submissive, quote unquote, person in the relationship where they have all the control and you're being extra nice to them and you're being extra accommodating to these toxic behaviors and patterns where they start becoming a little bit abusive or neglectful or or just, yeah, I guess toxic and abusive to you verbally or, or in any way, you then feel like you have to kind of bow down to this kind of behavior and not complain too much because you're like, I must have done something wrong here or something's gone on for them to be annoyed or for them to be angry. They are a good person. I've seen it. They've tr- they treated me like no one else has treated me. So I now need to fix this. I need to fix this problem. So here you are crawling back to them when in reality, nothing ever wrong happened. They just were never that nice in the first place. They never meant the things that they did for you, even though it really felt like it. You think you'll look back to the earlier months and you're like, but how could they not have meant it? We had so much fun that yes, they were putting in the effort, but it was worth it because we had such a good time. Like I know that they had fun. They were genuine. No, they weren't. They were not genuine. They're very good actors. Very good actors. All narcissists should win an Oscar. They should win an Oscar, but then it would probably just build up their image even more. So take that away. They should not win a fucking Oscar. The next thing they do, well, well, they're banking on this fact that you're holding on to the honeymoon period and people will hold on to the honeymoon period for years, years. And sometimes what a love bomber will do is give you glimpses of the good times here and there, just to like, just to keep the hook in, you know, if it serves them, if it's in their benefit to keep you and they think that you might be a little bit, like gaining a bit of strength to leave, which is unlikely because they try and pick the people that are more vulnerable, but it's possible. If they see that, you, then they might do a little bit more love bombing dropped in here and there, but never, never what it was at the beginning and never as consistently as they did in the beginning. And you consciously or subconsciously, more likely subconsciously, will not admit to yourself that it's totally over because admitting to yourself that it's over for good would be admitting to yourself that you are dating a love bomber or a narcissist. So you fight it in any way possible. You try and get them to get back to that love bombing stage. So you're extra accommodating to their tantrums. You're extra accommodating to when they demand things from you. You're, you don't want to blow up when they accuse you of something that you haven't done. You kind of like, oh, no, I didn't know. Um, oh, but they must have thought that because of this. You make excuses for their behavior again and again and again until it gets to a point where it feels like you've gotten to the point of no return, where all of a sudden the tables have turned and they are totally in control and you're just kind of like a passenger on the ride of this relationship going wherever the fuck the, the love bomber wants it to go because you have bowed down way too many times to accommodate their poor, slack, abusive behavior because you are desperate to get it back to where it was. Because likely where it used to be is a love, quote unquote love, that you had never experienced before. And you're terrified that if you leave this relationship, you'll never get that again. 
So you're thinking, we're just going through a rough patch, but the love I've had with this person, I'll never get again. It's the typical thing where you hear people say, the, the lows are low, but the highs are so good. The highs are a lie. The highs are a fucking lie. If you're in a situation right now where you tell yourself, I know the lows are low, but the highs are so good, it's better than any other like normal relationship, then you are kidding yourself. You are absolutely kidding yourself and you are in this stage of denial where you don't want to admit to yourself that you are dating a narcissist or a love bomber or both. It's the same thing. Then often what happens is that a love bomber will then accuse you of being selfish or ungrateful for expecting things that they showed you in the beginning was standard to expect from them. I'll always take you out on these beautiful dates. I'll always shower you with compliments and gifts. I'll always do this for you. I'll drop you off here. I'll do this. I'll go out of my way for you. That's just who I am. I'm a generous person. And then when you expect something that they've shown you is to be expected, they then turn around and accuse you of being ungrateful, selfish, entitled. They will throw at you the good that they have done in your face to shut you down in an argument. So if you're annoyed at one thing that they didn't do, oh, right, so you're annoyed that I didn't do this, but what about all of this that I've done for you? You're ungrateful. You're ungrateful. So it's easy for you to forget all the good I've done, but you'll you pull me up on this one bad thing. So they pretty much start to be able to get away with these little bad things that, that they start like kind of drip feeding into the relationship, this slack behavior. And then you feel really bad to pull them up on it because you're like – They were so good to me and they did so much to me that I feel bad now raising something that I'm not happy with because of how good they were. And they they will make that known to you. You don't have to figure that out for yourself. They're the ones that make it known to you by accusing you of not being grateful. They're also going to compare all the good that they have done for you versus what you have done for them. And often, you may not be able to match what they've done for you. So you feel indebted. You feel that you are kind of trying to play catch up when you can probably never, never get to that level with what they've given you. It could be financial where they're in a better financial situation. So you could never repay them money-wise for the things that they bought you or what they shouted you. It could be time-wise. They might've like done a lot of favors for you where they, you know, would would drop you off here, pick you up there, wait for you, do all these gestures, and it's you just might not have the capacity to repay it in the same way. And they're really good at remembering all the good that they have done and forgetting the good that you've done. So even if you haven't done as much, they don't care. They're only going to remember the things that you have done. So I remember with my ex who was a big, big time narcissist love bomber, like like textbook shit, right? I would then try in an argument, for example, one thing that really got to me was that he expected and almost demanded that I would be, I would always come over and stay at his. I would literally sometimes finish a shift at 9pm and then still have to walk all the way to my car because I would like walk to work. So I'd have to go home to get my car, then drive all the way to his, which would take about like 25 minutes and then stay the night, even though I started work at 5.30 the next morning. So for me, it was a fuck around. I literally was getting there late. We were literally going straight to sleep. And then I was getting up when he was still asleep so I could get to work. Okay. So then I raised that with him. Like once we were having an argument and he was saying that I do nothing in the relationship. And I said, well, I feel like I do. I feel like I, you know, I'm always going well out of my way to you know, to come over to yours and you never have to come over to mine for you. It's like, you're just comfortable in your home. And I'm always like scrambling around living out of like fucking 
those overnight bags because I feel like I was never at home and I'm always doing this. And he goes, oh my God, <laughs> literally laughing in my face, like very, very um, like condescending, passive aggressive laughing, being like, okay, okay, right, right. So you, you coming over every night and so you just forget everything I've done. I've driven you to work. I've done this. I used to drive all the way like 45 minutes to pick you up. I've, you know, all the dinners that I've taken you out to and you're literally throwing in my face that you have to drive to mine tonight. Like literally like laughing at me and then it fucking shut me right up especially in the vulnerable state that I was in where I was trying to like fix the relationship trying to mend how it had gone downhill so then I quickly shut up and I'm like oh like I felt like I didn't have a leg to stand on but if you look at it that is what I could financially and with what I had that was what I was bringing to the table in the relationship I was like literally going out of my way to make it easier for him and always going to see him no matter the time of day, no matter what time I had to wake up, I would do that for him. But, and I thought that that was something that I was contributing to the relationship and he'd shut it right down and then remind me of all the good that he had done in the honeymoon period. Mind you, most of those things had ended. So even though I continued to do all of this because I couldn't match what he had done financially, the things that he had done financially ended. Those, those fun dates stopped. He stopped picking me up and driving me to play. So all of that stopped, but he was more than happy to remind me of the times that he did because he did it so consistently for about two months, right? So when I was in the state that I was in, I felt really vulnerable and really whatever. Now that I've experienced that, if that was to happen now, I would just, I mean, obviously I would fucking just leave, but I would also feel very happy to explain why in proportion I was pulling my weight and he in the past had pulled his weight, you know? So this idea where they try and make you feel indebted to them and even if you try and raise something that you have done in proportion for what you have the capacity to give, they literally will laugh in your face and shut it right down to an extent where you are mortified and embarrassed that you even brought it up. And that way to get you to that place of being embarrassed, you'll never bring it up again. So then you're even like even less likely to bring it up even if – and it's really weird because you'll start trying to do more and more and more to prove that you're there but every time they accuse you of something, you're terrified to bring up all the new shit that you've started doing for them because you're scared to be laughed at. You then begin to believe that you were a user and that you – took things for granted. So you feel really guilty. You feel bad. And then you think, was I really, like, was I just taking you for a ride? Was I ungrateful? And you think, fuck. And you start to doubt yourself. You start to question yourself and you feel like you can never return it. So you're in this position of like you, you, a, a lose-lose situation. You can't return the favor and you can't really fix it either. So you're indebted to them. Now, this whole indebted in a relationship, you don't owe anyone shit, okay? If someone wants to do something for you in a relationship, it's because they want to do it, okay? If they then turn around and throw it in your face, that is a narcissistic trait, okay? If somebody is, let's let's say you're someone in a relationship and you're really generous and the person is just not giving back and you do everything and that person does nothing, it doesn't make you a narcissist to bring it up, but that's something that you discuss. You say, look, I feel like I'm doing more in the relationship. Do you agree? Can we talk about this? And if they genuinely are not pulling their weight, then it's up to you if you're going to leave or not, okay? But this manipulation saying you are selfish, ungrateful, this, that, I do everything for you, and if they raise something that they've done for you, you laugh in their face, that's not on. You can't do that. That's unacceptable and that makes you toxic. You either discuss it openly and let the other person talk or you leave 
But this idea where it's tit for tat and people owe each other something in a relationship is bullshit because you should only ever do something for someone because you care about them and the relationship. You should never do it for a direct like a direct return of the favor. That should never be the reason why you do something in a relationship. Then when the relationship ends, often because they've left you, um, look, if you leave a narcissist or a love bomber, it's really easy for you to see why you left. So it's less likely that you're going to regret it. Like you can look back and be like, wow, I'm seeing all these toxic traits. I'm seeing everything they had done. And it's quite like comforting to realize I was able to walk away from that. It's fine. But if you're in a situation where the love bomber has broken up with you, you no longer serve them for whatever reason, they've met someone else, whatever, they'll leave you. And then you are left feeling like they were the greatest catch of all. The, the relationship broke down because of something that you could have done differently. You could have changed something. You could have fixed something. You didn't do enough. You wondered, you, you're constantly wondering where it all went wrong, despite the fact that they would have never been able to keep that facade up anyway. It was, it was destined to go downhill and you would have never seen a glimpse of the honeymoon period ever again. That, that, that behavior is never going to be repeated. Maybe in little like glimpses here and there, but it's never like that consistency will never happen again. But you think, what went wrong? What did I do? Why did they leave me? I don't know. You know, they loved me so much at the beginning. We were it for each other. You see them move on really quickly and be so in love with the next person that for you, it feels like a bit of a stab or it feels really hurtful. But what you need to realize, it proves to you that the tactic that they used with you is just a tactic and they're doing it again to the next person. So instead of thinking, oh my God, they mustn't have loved me because now they love this next person, you should be thinking, oh my God, they mustn't have loved me and they don't love anybody, they just love themselves, okay? They, no, 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 they don't even love themselves. They love the image that they have of themselves. A narcissist definitely does not have self-love. You feel really low and inadequate because you're unsure that you're ever going to get anything like that again, despite the fact that it was all fake, despite the fact that it was all an act. You think, I'm never going to experience those highs in another relationship, that even though it went downhill, even though there were lows, I was sure we could get back to that good place. And you only focus on the honeymoon period. You all of a sudden start forgetting all the shit that they put you through after the honeymoon period ended, when they got you where they wanted and started to turn the tables around to live a life that they wanted to leave where you are serving them. You forget all of that. You know, you really conveniently forget that and you just focus on the really good bits and you feel fucking inadequate and you're terrified that you're never going to get a partner like that again and that every relationship from here on inwards is going to be bland in comparison. It's a ploy to get you to feel that they are the greatest catch you've ever had because a narcissist, even when a relationship ends, wants all their exes thinking that was the best person I ever dated. That was the most generous person I ever dated. They were so fun, spontaneous, generous. They, you know, they, they put me on a pedestal. That's what they want you thinking. They will, like I said, they would rather lose you and you have this high image of them than keep you in the relationship where you start to realize all their flaws and the fact that they're actually not impressive and the fact that they're actually a fucking dud. They, it's all about image and validation, image, validation. It's this cycle that they have. So if they feel that you're you are starting to realize that this image that they have is actually not the reality. They would rather lose you. They will get rid of you and have you mourning the relationship, heartbroken, wanting to be with them. And they're thrilled because they, they, they left you at the right time. They left you where you still have this image because they feel validated by that. They would rather feel validated without you than you realize their flaws with you any day of the week. That's how they operate.
And because this relationship often doesn't last that long in most most of these cases, like a year or less, you're likely to compare a lot of your other relationships with this relationship because normal relationships have a slower unfolding and they go through, you know, the, the, the normal highs and lows. It might not be as high or as low, but you're comparing, oh, but things weren't as exciting in this other relationship. Things aren't these things. Aren't. But it's really unfair to compare a healthy relationship which might go on for years where the honeymoon period might have ended but it's not toxic and it's not abusive to this relationship that ended when you were still very in love and that was still the, all the highs are still really fresh in your mind. So to start wrapping it up, who is vulnerable to being love bombed? Firstly, anybody. Anybody is vulnerable to it. But in particular, they're going to try and go for people that might have more insecurities, people that maybe have problems with self-love um, that will put up with their treatment once the, the once their kind of grooming phase has ended. People who really need to be in a relationship are great candidates. People who think that they get happiness in a relationship are the perfect candidate. Or someone who has come out of a very neglectful relationship where the partner never did any nice gestures. So you might have be coming out of a relationship where you had dated someone that could never get their shit together to organize a date, never thought of you kind of, never made future plans with you, never talked about moving in together, never confessed their love to you. And even if they did, it was kind of because they almost felt pressured to do so. Even if they did love you, but it was kind of this like passive relationship where they, you know, were never truly romantic. They didn't talk about you know, children moving in, your future, all this shit. So if you come out of that relationship thinking like you never wanted to lock me down, you never wanted to do this, you're going to be absolutely swept away by a love bomber. You're going to be like, fucking finally, I've met someone that is meeting all the things, all the, they're hitting all the points that my ex never remotely got close to. So then you get swept up really easily in this. This person, this effort becomes very attractive and blinding because effort in general is very attractive. And I say that all the time. Put in some fucking effort if you want people to engage with you. People love effort. But this is on another level. So you get really kind of blinded by it. Um, they also go for people that are, like I said, like a, a fixer. Um, and of course, kind of like the relationship thing, people that are terrified of being alone. Who won't it work for? A love bomber is probably going to avoid someone that's really happy being single, um, that really doesn't need to be in a relationship. Like I said, they can still fall for it, but it's less likely to work. So a love bomber might be more kind of skeptical about trying it with you. Um, of course, someone who knows what to look out for as well. If you've already been in a love bombing situation, it's kind of not as easy to fall back into that situation again. Of course, possible, but not as easy. They've got to be very, very good at kind of hiding that they're a narcissist. Um, and also, it really doesn't work for people that don't like grand gestures. There are a lot of people out there that are like, why the fuck are you being so extra so quickly, so soon? Like, calm the fuck down. They're going to tap out of that because if if they can't do this grand gesture and brainwash you and groom you and then do what they want, if they can't do that at the beginning, then it's a waste of their time because it means that they can never kind of then turn the tables because you haven't fallen for it in the first place. Another thing, another way of kind of looking into it, and it, it is hard to do, but you've got to kind of look at it like, here's this person that is saying all this stuff to me, s selling me the dream, but they don't actually know me. So it's a little bit like, mm, 
yeah, I know I'm a catch, but how do you how do you already know that I'm that much of a catch that you're saying that you, that I'm the one that you're saying that you love me after just like just a few days or like a week? You're saying that you want to move in together and have kids after just a month. You know that's it's a little bit of a slap in the face because you're like, if you so easily do this to me, you'd probably say this to fucking anybody. So that's a really good way of kind of starting to become a little bit of aware of it and just having your like having your antennas up and being like, oh. Is this just someone who's absolutely fallen for me and it's a one-off or is it a love bomber, you know? Because it is it is a bit strange that someone is going to make all these claims about you when they genuinely don't know you, that it's not possible to get to know someone so quickly in such a short amount of time. And it might work out and they might be legit and good on you, but in general, they can't actually know you enough to make these claims. Only time can tell, only consistency and spending time with each other and getting to know each other in your own like personal circles as well and seeing you in your own element can really determine if they want to spend their life with you. So if they're making these claims now, then that's a big, big red flag. But one thing that you need to to fully sum it up, one thing that you need to realize is that everyone's vulnerable to it. You're not an idiot if you get caught up in this situation. Like I said, narcs are fucking intelligent. They're smart. They know what they're doing and they they um they know how to manipulate people and how to read people. So if you do get manipulated, you've just fallen into the trap of someone that's just not a nice person, like someone who's a fucking asshole. It's not on you and you shouldn't feel guilty. It's not your problem. It doesn't matter. It can happen to people that have really high levels of self-love who really like being single. It can happen to anyone. And in most cases, I reckon most of us have experienced this at some level or at the very least know someone that has. It's very common. Narcissists are pretty fucking common out there. And Another thing is that we are primed through movies, through growing up, through society, we are primed to see this kind of behavior and you see it in rom-coms and movies as true love. So when it happens, it is really hard to pull away from it because we're like, well, it's fucking true love. I've been taught this. I see it in all the movies. This is true love. So don't feel bad for interpreting it for what you think it is. You know, We need to work. One of the best ways to, to you know, rid this from happening in society is to really work on us people being happy alone, genuinely being okay being alone where you don't need someone. That even if you fall into the trap of the love bomber, which is fine, you can't help that, that's okay. But even if you fall into the trap, when the tables turn and they try and, you know, they think they've got you where they want you and they try and flip it around and make you feel guilty and make you feel indebted, you can walk away because you think, I'd much rather be single and alone than deal with your fucking bullshit. Au revoir. Bye, can't. That's where you want to get to. So, Everything that I talk about in all my episodes is all about ultimately building your relationship with yourself and being comfortable being alone. You know, if you're in a great relationship, great, but you should still work on being comfortable being alone because that will make your relationship better and it will make your life better. And if you are single right now, that is your priority. Your priority above anything else is being happy alone because then when you enter a relationship, you only stay if it's healthy. You only stay if it is worth it. Because no matter who you are, no matter your upbringing, no matter if you're a secure attachment, you can fall into the trap. But what you want to do is be able to nip it in the bud when shit gets toxic, okay? So don't 
be too skeptical if someone's nice and whatever. I don't want you pushing away someone who's genuinely lovely, but have the feelers out there and know what to look out for when they start to turn the tables around on you. Okay. That's my biggest ask for you guys. Guys, that is all for today. I hope that this episode has really helped you see things maybe about past relationships to help you maybe get over an ex who you're struggling to get over, who actually was a love bomber. And this hopefully helps you get over them. Hopefully you can give this to somebody who you think is in a love bombing relationship or has just come out of one and it's going to help them heal. Because once you understand what these people are about, it makes it easier to get over them because you think they are a fucking liar. This is a big facade and they can go take their fucking toxic drama elsewhere. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I love you so much. And of course, please, um, please, please vote for Do You Fucking Mind in the Australian Podcast Awards. Um, I am also going to be sharing the link on the Facebook group and on my Instagram. I'm going to be pushing this hard. So forgive me in advance. Um, But yes, I want to like, I want to get up there in the listener's choice category. Thank you so much. Love you all so much. Remember, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke.